At Meridian Audio, we deliver extraordinary experiences. We create moments that bring people together, forge shared connections and make unforgettable memories. Don't just take our word for it. Experience audio as it's meant to sound. With a visit to our Cambridgeshire HQ, it's the home of high-res audio. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home. This is the podcast produced by the Home Integration Community for the Home Integration Community. My name is Jeff Hayward and with my industry guest today, we'll be looking at getting into the industry. How do you go about it? How easy is it? And why on earth should you bother? You'll also know that there's plenty of talk about what might be happening to the UK economy in the months ahead. How can you make sure your business is prepared for those turbulent times? And where will the opportunities be? Welcome to The Integrated Home. For today's recording, we're in Alexander House, the home of pod partner AWE. They have an excellent reference cinema here, complete with the latest Sony native 4K projection, alongside a smaller cinema where we're sitting now, and a dedicated music room and various open plan media room setups. It's open for integrators to visit and use as a demo space for their clients, so do give them a call. For our episode today, I'm delighted to welcome Mike Rampura from Smart Life AV and Louise Tarling from Louise Tarling Electrical Services. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi, Jeff. Mike, can you tell us a bit about Smart Life AV? Where are you based and what's the type of business that you do? So Smart Life AV is um, predominantly a residential-focused um, AV company. We're based in Harrow, northwest London, where we tend to cover about an hour, hour and a half, so parts of Surrey, Hertfordshire um, and London. And what type of clients, are, where do they live, what sort of houses? So we are, most of our business is predominantly middle class, upper middle class, um, house values around two million. Okay, and what about you Louise, what's your business about? Uh, well, I'm Louise from Louise Tiling Electrical and my business is what it says on the tin really. Um, I'm a domestic and commercial electrician and uh, cover all aspects that that entails. Excellent, and you're based around I'm based, Essex, where I'm, aren't you? I'm based in Chinkford, which is sort of north east London, um, but I do travel f- across London, Essex, Hearts, I get around quite a lot. Okay, well we're going to talk about uh, getting into the industry in a minute, but first we've got another Brexit deadline approaching, possibly a revised deal, potentially no deal, honestly it could be another outcome entirely. The truth is the future is pretty uncertain and I'm interested to know what impact that kind of uncertainty is having on your business, Mike. So we're definitely seeing um, a change in the market. Having spoken to uh, dealers and my network, builders, architects, etc., um, there is a lot of hesitation at the moment um, and nothing concrete to say it would, is going to improve it um, anytime soon. What um, we're looking at is a strategy to maintain our cash flow during any uncertain times. And we found the best way of doing that is to have smaller offerings, which you can deliver um, more rapidly, um, in addition to your long-term big smart home projects. Interesting. And do you find that um, the clients are staying put in terms of not moving house much at the moment? Are they renovating? What's What's the sort of mix like? I think it's always been the case where the majority of the market is renovating their home to extend the space. Um, we f- we rarely find clients who are new building completely, um, or people who have moved house and are you know building from the ground up. The majority of our inquiries is is people renovating their existing properties. Yeah. What about you, Louise? How's the market for you at the moment? 
I'm as busy as I always have been. I, I, I can't complain. Um, being being a female electrician opens a lot of doors for me. Um, and I, my diary is pretty booked up for the next sort of six, eight weeks. Um, but I have noticed the nature of my business is changing slightly in the fact that um, it goes through spits and spurts. So at the moment, it's kind of a lot of people having a lot of little jobs, rectification stuff done that they haven't had done for a while. Um, but I have got bigger jobs in the pipeline, but people sort of waiting 12 months to, to do those kind of things. I think that's good. You know, Mike was talking about that mixer project, and I think that's probably good advice to anybody. You know, don't have all your eggs in one basket. I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah have something that keeps your business ticking along. Yeah, so for us, that's security. Uh, doing cameras, doorbells, alarms um, is kind of our bread and butter. I know there's still a lot of integrators that don't do security in-house, but it is a good opportunity um, on the flip side of that, the smart home stuff, we tend to now price uh, much lower than what we would have quoted before. So we would price uh, a pre-wire spec with security as a day one um, solution with the option of adding more equipment over time. And we find that um, clients find that a lot more digestible than, than coming to them with 100k plus quotes. Um, so the, there's a different approach to getting your foot in the door and being able to have that client long term um, and upgrade them over time as opposed to spending everything on, on day one. And you mentioned the, the fact that you've got a USP, you're a woman. Yep. Um, uh, I think that's probably important in terms of marketing yourself at this time. You know, what is it you're saying about your company to make yourself different in a competitive environment? Would you say, Mike? Um, it's a tricky one. I mean, the nature of this industry, it's so varied and broad. Um, there's people who are doing really well uh, at, the, at the low end on IoT stuff. Um, there's people right at the top end doing amazing projects like Sonar. Um, and you've got guys in the middle who are, who are really mixed. Art of Smart, um, Rich Apple, those guys are doing amazing things. Um, and then using social media um, helps a lot. Uh, there's people doing homes, there's a lot of people going into commercial now and we're seeing a lot of Resi integrators dip their toes in MDUs and, and bigger apartment blocks. Um, so people are venturing outside of just homes and they're looking at commercial spaces, offices, bars, restaurants. And we've done a little bit of the bar restaurant stuff, um, but it's always something to consider because your skills are transferable. Um, okay. And in terms of what you're doing in terms of marketing your business, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you're pretty good at actually putting your name out there. Mm -hmm. Would you suggest that that's something that integrators absolutely have to do, focus on how they market themselves? Yeah, so we've used social media quite heavily. Um, I've been around for about five years and as a small business, you have to build up that word of mouth. Uh, in this time and age, there is nothing that can build up word of mouth faster than social media and at the bare minimum cost that social media um, comes at. Uh, we've tried other things in the past, um, but in like right now, 90% of our new inquiries come through social. Um, and Louise, you're big on social as well, particularly Instagram, I notice. Yep, I do quite a bit on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, a, lot, a lot of my work comes through that. Um, most of my inquiries come through, yeah, social media. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so advice for integrators, what would it be? So I'd say um, set up your social media accounts, get your branding right on day one. Um, 
funnily enough, I had someone from uh, the Rolls-Royce marketing team contact me yesterday. <laughs> I won't go into more details, but it, it wasn't an opportunity that I could, uh, I could um, risk at the moment. Um, but if your branding is on point, then people will see you as a much bigger company than what you actually are. Um, so get your branding right day one. Um, use social media to your advantage. Uh, would be something else that I'd say and learn be a sponge is yeah. what I always tell new yeah. people in the industry and keep in touch with your clients and have a good mix of business and yeah. you'll be in a pretty good place about right yeah. that's about right yeah um yeah on the social media thing just get your content out there get your, as you said about branding get your branding mm. right but get your content out there make sure people see you if, if there's no point having your social media set up if you're not using it because people are not going to find you yeah. good stuff well fingers crossed it won't be as dark as uh, as some pictures are painting and we'll all be in a, a good place in six months time and a year's time even. Great, thank you. AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Right, okay, it's hot seat time. Mike, we're putting you under the spotlight. Louise is going to throw some questions at you and you've got 30 seconds to answer as many as you can. Are you ready? Okay, go for it, Louise. Which Hollywood actor would play you in a movie? Jim Carrey. Which area of home technology is the most exciting area of innovation? Wearables. What's your proudest industry achievement? Um, my games room project being featured by multiple outlets. Yeah. What's your favourite movie of all time? Beverly Hills Cop 3. You can take one electronic game to a desert island. Which one? Uh, Uncharted 4. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned in your time in the industry? Uh, be a sponge. Always keep learning. Uh, you can be any top sportsman in history for one day. Who is the sportsman and what is the moment you'd experience? Uh, Lewis Hamilton winning a F1 championship. Mm. What job would you do if you weren't an integrator? I'd be a DJ. And if you could DJ at any dance venue at any time, <laughs> where and when would that be? Um, and what would be the first track you'd play? Uh, main stage at Tomorrowland. Um, Axwell and Grosso, Dream Bigger. What, what sort of music would you choose if you... If I was a DJ? Yeah. What would your first track be? What would my first track be? It would probably be something quite cheesy like... A banana rama, get everyone up dancing, or take that or something. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah. of an 80, I'm a bit of an 80s <laughs> chick. Right, getting into the industry, Louise. We talked about your business earlier, which is an electrical business. What's the journey that you're currently taking to get into this industry? It started about this time last year, and uh, I was looking into some remote switching for a, a large garden project, which um, the the outcome was a wireless switching solution. And as I started looking into it more and more, I started to find out there was a lot more to this industry, a lot more to this side of the industry than than um, than I was aware of. Um, I found the Smart Homey group uh, through one of the Facebook forums, joined that, and uh, just been completely absorbed in it since. Um, I've been on several training courses, uh, including Reiko, uh, Lutron, Ratu. Uh, I've done my Elan programmer training. In fact, I've done it twice because um, the first time I learned a lot, but I didn't learn what I needed to learn and everything I wanted to learn. So I went back to embed it further and I feel much more comfortable. And I came home and set up my demo in my living room 
had wires trading across the floor and, and played with it and got to know it even more. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. I've done, uh, I've been to ISE and EI Live, which both um, kind of mind, well, ISE was mind blowing. I walked 25 kilometers around the exhibition in two days. Brilliant. I should have gone for four days. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, hadn't realised exactly how big the industry was. There's so much to learn from and so much innovation that it's a case of learning it all and keeping up. Like you said, mm -hmm. be a sponge. And I am at the moment being a sponge and learning as much as I can. Mike, what, what sort of journey have you been on? So, um, graduated with a degree in computer science. Um, my dream was to work in video games, so did that for a couple of years. Um, then came out, started my own business in AV. Um, got an email from Lindy, it was, saying, buy three grand worth of kit with us in the next month and we'll give you a free ticket to ISE. Quickly checked EasyJet flights and ISE tickets and it was like 100, 150 pounds. Jumped on a plane in 2016, went to ISE. Like Louise, my mind was blown. Um, it was insane. Uh, but from there, I came back with distributor names and numbers. Spent the, the summer kind of going around, uh, seeing different distributors and, and learning about products like what is a matrix no one in the industry no one outside of the industry would have a clue what it, what a matrix was um, or an automation system so it was learning about different products and the basic functionality um, getting to compare the different brands and then um, getting familiar with with the brands that I wanted to use in my business and now five years in I'm I'm still growing I don't say I wouldn't say that everyone knows everything but I feel like within the industry I've achieved a lot already and now it's more about gaining some good clients and some good meaty projects which I can um, use all the products which you see and, and feel and, and read about every day but hardly get a chance to spec them into to projects so trying to trying to develop that side of the business more now. And from your perspective as an electrician it it seems to me that it was the customer asking you to look at something on an electrical project that opened your eyes to this sort of new world that you thought that's worth exploring. It's it's where it started, but I was also, as you're looking around at what's going on in the industry as a whole, you start noticing things are happening. More and more advertisements are appearing on television about smart things, um, although those smart things might be um, Hue light bulbs or Alexa. It is opening people's eyes to what is generally known as a smart home. Um, and, and obviously people are now having conversation, wanting to have conversations about what they can have to make their home uh, more integrated. And, and for you, Mike, I mean, computer science and gaming, that seems mm -hmm. like, well, <laughs> you know, part geek, part fun. Yeah. So perfect industry <laughs> for you. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my personality. It's, it's geek and music and fun. It's, it's, it's a big mixture of stuff. But I think if we're, if we're talking about how the industry is split up from a very high level, You've got aerial satellite installers, you've got electricians, you've got security installers, and then you've got guys with a computer background like myself. And that, that kind of sums up the four types of people who um, generally come into this industry. Um, and it's good to have a base in one of those things because then you can develop the base in, in other things. Um, I know that each of those trades has their own depth um, and their own uh, you know learning paths to really get the most out of it um, and I think it's really hard for one person to know absolutely everything in this industry um, you've got home cinema experts you've got audio experts projection experts boardroom experts office it goes on and on and on like there's so many sub um, skill sets in our industry that 
you can always learn something new. Um, but if you have a good foundation, one of those four, then it will be easier for you to grow. The most important being networking. You have to understand networking because most of the products are based around networking and IP and talking to each other, etc. So if you have a good grasp on networking, then you'll go far. And shout out to CDO. Obviously, they run a um, training school um, with the ESC T and N uh, qualifications. I've done both. I wouldn't say they're easy by any means. Even with a computer science degree, they're still quite challenging exams. Um, but they, they'll put you in a good position to um, get started. And I normally tell newbies that if you do the CDO training then and you understand it, then you're, you're in a very good place compared to a lot of other people. Does networking phase electricians? Does networking fade uh, it, 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 Yes and no, um, which is probably not the answer you want to hear. <laughs> um, I've, I've uh, installed some small home networks, um, but obviously as jobs are getting bigger and the more things you want to put on those networks, you need to have more robust networks put in place. Part of the reason I joined CDU is for their structured training um, and I am going to put myself through their networking training, but I think I might split it over because it's a three-day training course. Um, that you can actually split over three days. You haven't got to do th three days continuous. So I, I think I will go and do one, mm -hmm. embed that one, do yeah. the next one, next day embed that and then do the last one and get the qualification at the end of it. And from what you've seen, would you agree with Mike that networking is a really good foundation for this industry? I think, every, I think yeah, everyone's going to need networking. The more and more devices that are moving into people's homes and the Internet of Things, um, more and more of it is going to be reliant on, on the on the in the network that the house has got, uh, you know, when you start adding 4K TVs mm -hmm. and the um, audio in the uh, the audio side of things as well, if you're not careful, you're going to swallow up all your bandwidth mm -hmm. and you'll have no network left to do anything with. I'd say that from another perspective, it's also very important because of um, cybersecurity. Um, we as integrators have a lot of power. I mean. You can ask anyone um, if they know their client's passwords. You have their their home password, the router password, their Spotify accounts. You know the passwords for a lot of their sensitive stuff um, and have full access to their network. So we have a responsibility to make sure that network is properly set up but also secure. Um, and I think you know there's a lot of IoT stuff. Someone might buy a £10 camera on Amazon, which is not secure, may have loopholes. And there's websites you can go on for absolutely free and look at cameras which have default passwords and that's scary and it's part of our responsibility if we're installing uh, technology then we need to think about the security in our clients homes as well what about in terms of um, the openness of the industry how how open is the industry in welcoming new entrants how have you found it amazing like like I said I, I came in not knowing nobody and nothing Literally, <laughs> no one, and I just walked the halls of ISC, and I got these cards, and they had these distributor names and numbers on. And they weren't even on the stands, and never heard of them. I just rang rang up a couple of people, um, and it's like best friends, right? And <laughs> there's there's a lot of people in the in industry who I'd call friends now because they don't look at who you are, whether you're only going to buy a 50 pound product and not buy again for another eight months, they will help develop your skill set. And long term, you know, you value that as, a, as an installer because you need the support 
at the times when you need the support, when you've got a project and someone screwed something up and you need an item next day and they go above and beyond to help you um, get out of that, that pickle. Um, good relationships within the industry are, are so important. How's it been for you, Louise? I, I agree entirely with that. The uh, distributors that I've had contact with have just been amazing. Um, I am going to mention a couple particularly and, and not not to say that the rest haven't been as helpful, but um, Gallo Conning from Gallo Acoustics has been brilliant um, and Damien Winters from Aldous has been fantastic as well. You can pick up the phone, talk to not just those two, but everybody uh, and you can ask a question that might seem like the most simple question but actually they'll give you the time of day and the answer that you require to be able to move on from where you are so yeah it's it's been really good and everyone's been really helpful and not just the distributors to be fair other integrators um I, like i've already mentioned the smart homey group i'm part of that group you can ask all sorts of people all sorts of questions and they're all willing to help um, I'm on a few other forums for electrical side of things and there are places you will not answer, you will not ask a question because you'll just get abuse thrown at you and actually uh, the Smart Homie group and everybody that's on there has been particularly helpful and supportive um, and I will mention Ben Davis because he's been brilliant. Um, what about the fact that you're a woman, I mean it's a pretty male dominated industry, nothing to be afraid of? Nothing to be afraid of, no. No, not at all. Uh, like I said, everyone's everyone's been really helpful and everyone's been really supportive. So, what about the support you get from industry bodies? Um, I've joined Cedia and they've been very helpful uh, in uh, the information that they've given me. I've done their financial workshop with Leslie Shiner, which was just amazing and actually opened my eyes to all the things I need to think about with expanding and changing the direction of the business I'm in. But I am going to book myself onto their networking training uh, and do some of their, of their structured training uh, because I think that's the way to go. So one of the things I'd say is um, CD is not as well known as the NIC or, or other trade bodies. Um, however, um, in the residential sector, it's good to have to, to kind of build a, um, your reputation within the industry, etc. Um, but for commercial, I'd say it's more important. If you're working with developers, property developers, architects, designers, etc., having the necessary qualifications or being members and committing to standards, etc., is um, a really good way to show your competence because we are not really a governed industry um, by the government, etc. There's, there's no rules to say who can be an installer and who can't. Um, but you need to make yourself stand out from... I wouldn't say the cowboys, but from people who are not doing things the right way. Mm. Um, and the more kind of badges you have against your name, the better it is mm. for, for your own personal development. And it can help you win projects with, with developers as well. So Mike, for people coming into this industry, what's the best way to stand out? Number one, do a good job. If you do it right, then people will start noticing. If you have a tidy rack with all lace cables, then you look better than 90% of the people out there when you look at a rack and everything's just thrown in the back. Um, have a standard, develop that standard. Yeah, so uh, CDA also do a lot of training our ISC from, um, from industry professionals and um, you know, experts in their field. Yeah, great point, Mike. So you talked about the, the research that you did, Mike, which was you know, going to ISC and... Yeah. and you know getting under the skin of the industry what 
do you, would you advise in terms of research for other so, people? So let me elaborate on that. So when, when I started a few years ago, it was all on Twitter. Um, all the buzz was on Twitter. And, and just looking at what other people done, I found a lot of inspiration from um, what people were putting up, um, particularly Sonar. I had massive respect for the way that they were doing their work. Um, and I tried to see how my processes were and how I could do things a bit better. Um, and that's not to say to copy anyone, but, you know, like, for example, one thing I learned from them was to uh, use a wall patch panel, terminate all the cables from the building into a unit and then um, go into the rack separately. And I found that um, a really good idea for, for multiple reasons. So use your peers to learn and improve what you're doing. Um, that's evolved in, the, in between Twitter and uh, the Smart Homey group. We had Home Tech Gallery. Uh, I think that's Just Add Popcorn and, and uh, Bespoke Cinemas. I think they created the group there, that forum. And then Ben created Smart Homey, um, which is not all industry people, but it's helping Louise and electricians and newbies get, get on board. And I've been a participant in, in all those groups. Um, I don't see it as a problem that there's other people in, in the industry, but I've learned things from looking at what other people are posting as well. You know, there's there's always talk of, oh, this tool might be good, or I use this tool, or I do something like this. And you're like, actually, I never thought of that. That's actually a, a good way of doing it or something cool that I could use to improve what I'm doing myself. So there's a lot of value, and I don't think people should be afraid to help each other, um, especially if you're a small company, because you have no one else to talk to and you don't know what you're doing is right um so online again social media forums groups etc are a great way to evaluate what you're doing and try and improve your business processes if you're a 20 year old company or a, or a two-year-old company excellent would you agree with that louise i, I can't di i can't disagree with it now <laughs> no yeah I'd, I'd agree with that entirely uh just the help and support that's available is amazing yeah what about the free training that's on offer? Is there anything that you'd recommend? I mean, working with the manufacturers or distributors mm -hmm. on their training courses, for example? So you've got to be careful because some, some, some of the training courses are obviously very biased towards a, a particular product or a particular <laughs> service. Um, but I'd say that, and, and this is no offense to um, any of the sales reps, but I did find uh, uh, that if if you're not doing your own research, you're definitely at a disadvantage. Don't believe everything a salesperson tells you. And that, that should be very, um, you know, should ring a few alarm bells. I've asked um, various people, what's the difference between your product and product X, Y, and Z in the same kind of uh, product range? And they haven't got a clue. And I was like, well, how can you sell that product to me if you do not know what your competition are doing? If you don't understand the difference between your product and the competition, then um, you can't tell me your, your product is the best because you don't know it is. So always take any sales advice with a pinch of salt, do your own research, speak to multiple people selling that type of product, and then make up your mind on um, what to use. As far as training goes, um, there's the more generic training is obviously more useful to people. So the CDA training is completely unbiased to any product or any um, particular brand. Uh, but it's like with the networking school, you learn about networks. Then it's a good idea, let's say, for example, you, you like using Draytech routers to go on the Draytech specific course to learn about the uh, intricacies of that product and how to get the most out of that product. But at the start, if you're learning something new, like home cinema design, you want to go on a 
generic home cinema design course. What, what would you say about research that you're doing? Uh, just do as much research as you possibly can. Um, look into the one thing that you're working on at the moment. Yeah, and as Mike says, don't rely on a particular uh, distributor or a sales rep to tell you about all the different things that are out there. They'll, they'll obviously want to sell you their product. Um, but go to, go to multiple and ask what they've all got on offer. Do your research, do a bit of Google, you know, go on to Google, mm. you'll find all sorts of information on there and compare, make, you know, make yourself a, a pro and con list, mm. compare your products, decide what you want to install and then, mm -hmm. yeah, research, you know, going further into detail on that product. And How easy is it to actually define what you're going to do first and in which order you're going to learn about stuff? For me, I found it difficult to decide what to do first because there's so much and you, you start picking up snippets and bits of this and bits of that and you mm -hmm. see so you kind of make a list a list of what you need to do um, but st start with something that you like and enjoy so I like and enjoy lighting so my first course I chose to go on was the Rayco lighting course and I it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things I hadn't thought about in the in the lighting field but from there I've then gone on to other bits and pieces and you know Rayco's a great system I'm not saying it's not but there are others out there as well that are also great systems and then once you've got once you've picked where you are and what you want to do with that then you can pick your control system so pick your, you know but then you've got to go and have a look at all the different control systems that are out there to find the one that this is the one I feel comfortable with or this is the one I think gives me the most flexibility to do what I want to do with and presumably when you're going through all that process you're thinking I've got a customer, this is my ideal customer I've got in my head, so you're using that to define what you learn. Part of it is you've got an ideal customer in your head, part of it is you've got potential clients that you may be able to explain and sell the, the system to, um, and part of it is you want to move into the industry, you need to find yourself a little niche and you need to find the things that you're good at. So I mentioned earlier that as an electrician, I know that I've got my go-to brands that I generally fit mm -hmm. for, for my installs. The same will be in the custom install industry. Um, I just need to find what those brands are, the ones I'm happy and comfortable using, and, and move on from there. And I've, you know, I'm getting there. Mm. Does that describe yeah. your experience too? So it, um, it has more of a negative impact. Um, I'd say catastrophic impact if you don't choose <laughs> the right brands in this industry because it could um, erase any sort of profit that you make on a job if you choose the wrong brand. If you choose a brand which is poor, then several call-outs, multiple call-outs, having to replace the equipment at your own cost and then losing the customer, um, you know, losing that future business from that customer, etc. So uh, choosing the right brands uh, are so important. And I'll tell you, I, I, I'm pretty much at the point now where I'm comfortable with with this the stable of brands that I have um, but you have to question everything and use the peers as well right you um, use the smart homie groups use use the forums and, and speak to other installers at, at tech forums and other events and find out what they're using have, have they had any issues with this brand or why do they use a particular brand over over a different one the more you can collectively gather uh, from your peers uh, the more confidence you can have in a brand um, and if if everyone is saying stay away from this brand, there's a reason, <laughs> you know. You know? So. <laughs> and and that also 
I think tells a story about it's different to sitting in a training course or being pitched mm-hmm. to to actually going on site and actually working with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you'll find, uh, and uh, I think uh, someone was you you can get really technical with all this stuff. You can you can create Excel spreadsheets for days on you know the profitability and the reliability of brand X Y Z etc. If you've got the time, but I mean, since we're talking about people just starting out, I think it's more important just to just to realize what the market leading brands are in each each sector. So like you said, for, for lighting, it is Rayco and Lutron. I mean, um, for for control systems, you've got your top five brands. And funny story, when I went to ISE the first time, it was to choose a control system. And the way I chose my system was I walked around all the stands and I saw uh, what what brands were on each manufacturer's stand. And you could see on their banners that, you know, most of the, the manufacturers had these five brands on them um, and there were a few other brands at the show um, but they weren't mentioned um, by any other manufacturers and you're like well okay it might look nice but no one in this hall is supporting that brand so I need to choose a brand where that's going to work that's going to work that's going to work um, so you there, there are clear indicators other than speaking to people you can look at what manufacturers are doing to support what brands as well and for the record, I'll just say this now, talking about IOC, that's February 2020 is the next mm-hmm. show. I think it's 10 to 14 yeah. February. And honestly, if you want to keep fit, yeah. find out lots of control <laughs> brands. It is yeah. a great the, place. The to, two to most go. important events in our industry are, are IOC and Essential Install. If you can't make it to Amsterdam, then Essential Install takes place in... Farnborough at the end of April. Yeah, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah i mean both both of you said it and i think great places to go and, and find mm-hmm. out more build relationships and, and see what products are like yeah. mike how did you how did you first start working with equipment um okay so there's i'd say there's different milestones in in my development the first was um going in and just doing patch panels terminating network cables that builders had run or electricians had run um and that's how, how I started, literally. And, and I had an electrician I worked with and, and he would give me all of his network patching and, and that, was, that was the end of it. Um, my first project where I had full reign of design, specification, dealing with a client, installing a matrix, installing a control system, installing motorized blinds, all of that was my games room project, <laughs> which I'm sure many of you have already seen, but that was my very first project, I'd say, um, in doing everything and and being able to handle everything it was a massive learning curve but i managed to pull it off and once you've kind of done it once the other good thing to do is buy a couple of test products at home um i i've converted my outbuilding into a into a showroom um and making or having the ability for clients to come over and actually get hands on with the technology uh can close your sale and that's how I actually secured the, the, the Games Room project. Um, regardless of how wealthy the client was or you know, how much budget they had or what, what they're willing to spend, they don't care whether it's your house, whether it's, it's a posh showroom or anything. It's more about them understanding what you've told them, but actually feeling it and seeing what they're going to get at the, end, at the end of it. Going hands-on is so, so important because the moment you start talking numbers, um, it can scare them, but if if they understand what they're getting, the value that they're getting from what you're providing them, then that that's a really important way to secure a sale. 
And Louise, you talked about having a job where you were asked to do some wireless stuff, which opened your eyes a little bit into this industry. Mm -hmm. How have things gone on from there for you in terms of applying some of this technology? Um, I've had a, a few little jobs, um, well, sort, sort of small to medium jobs, um, doing home networks, some lighting control and that kind of thing. Um, but I've got a couple of clients, well, a couple more, bit more than a couple of clients really that are talking about refurbished like large refurbishment of their houses uh, one one guy is actually talking about knocking his house and rebuilding it completely but it's still at architectural plan stage but he's already said I know you're an electrician and I want you in there to do the the work that needs to be done so it, it'll be nice because I'll be involved right from the beginning uh, through the process but they're sort of irons in the fire for the future um, so at the moment I'm looking at the next job uh, which is coming up uh, around the corner, hopefully, um, but also looking to buy a uh, a house to renovate and do as a, a, a smart home, as a custom install, um, and and just do the whole house, refurbish the whole house, and then I can use it for a demo mm -hmm. for some for some clients, and then ultimately sell it and move on. How easy is it from being somebody's electrician to saying? Yeah, you know, if you want that, I can do that. Is that a natural part of the conversation? Yes, it, well, it can be, um, and it has been in the past. Um, so you start, you know, obviously you go in, you, you do whatever you need to do electrical-wise. Um, generally, the next step on for that is people start talking about networking. So as part of a, a refurbishment work, when I'm pricing for a rewire, I'll always suggest to the client that should be thinking about running your, your cat cables in now, even if you're not going to use them run them to a point in the wall, they're there in the future for when you want to upgrade. See, you're not spending all your money now because obviously most people are refurbishing on a budget. Um, they've got so much money that they want to spend and they don't necessarily want to go the whole hog now, but you might not have thought about putting a TV in your main bedroom or, the, or your child's bedroom, but as your child grows, they're going to want a games console and a TV and everything else in their bedroom. If you run the cables now, they can sit there until you're ready to do it um, and a lot of customers have been uh, very receptive to that so I think that's, that's, that's what's quite interesting about an electrician we were talking about it earlier that you build relationships with clients it's not something that you know you're called in to do a job and that's it and they never see you again you know if they if you do a good job you're gonna have them for many many years and yes that fits with what this industry is about would you agree Mike yeah so to me a, a client is a client for life um, we choose who we work with to a certain degree because um, you want a client who appreciates the service that you're providing for them and you want to have a good relationship with them because you're in constant communication with them. The number of clients that say, you know you're going to see me quite a few times, right? And they don't believe me at the start. <laughs> and then, you know, like three months down the line, they've seen me a few times and they're like, oh, how's it going here? Do you want some lunch? And, yeah. you know, it's, 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 a, it's a full on relationship. And... Um, you have to kind of get that maintenance package in um, as well because things will go wrong, it's technology. And if you don't do that and you don't set the customer's expectations that things will go wrong, but I will be there to sort things out, um, then things can turn very quickly. Um, you often see rescue projects, like people go in. Uh, I know people who, who will just go in at a, uh, to meet a client's budget and and get out, go in, do the job, get out, and it's it's not, to a standard, it's not good quality, right? There's different parts of the market. There's there's clients who want everything and have no budget, 
right? And for those clients, there are installers who will cater to them. We set ourselves a minimum standard. So certain products we use, brands we use, the way we terminate, the way we use AV racks, not just IT general server racks, etc. Um, and that that price is a minimum standard. So if if our clients can afford that, then we'll happily do the job. And what we find is clients who who value our, our service and our quality tend to be good clients in the long run because when you're maintaining their systems, the relationship is is fine. You know, like um, you speak to them regularly. Um, for us, we actually do proactive and reactive monitoring. So every month we'd update our clients' systems and email them a report. Um, and it's a good way to keep in touch with them. So once in a while you may have to do a call out and they'll be like, actually, you know what, um, can can we add this or change that or, you know, and you may, you may get more repeat business out of it. Um, and you have that ongoing relationship, which means they always remember you, they don't forget you. And they'll, if someone needs your services, then they'll, they'll recommend you onwards as well. What you're describing is a service business. Yeah. And that's what we are. We are a service-based industry, um, first and foremost. Um, it's very different to a lot of other trades. Um, and sometimes we do get labelled as just a trade, which I think is is not quite right. Um, we're kind of, as an AV industry, we're coming in at, at a higher level, offering a service as a interior designer would or a, or a kitchen designer would, etc. Um, and sometimes people don't value that we are actually skilled, we've put time into our training. What we do is actually very technical. Um, and, and all of that took learning and commitment to, to have that knowledge to make us be able to do that job to a good standard for, for them. Does building a long-term relationship make it a, an attractive looking business and perhaps a little bit different to what you might be used to? It does. Um, as an electrician, generally, you're one of the first trades in ripping a house apart and in one of the last trades in um, doing your second fix but you don't really get a chance to see the client interacting with their home and how they're getting on with what you've done and it's always nice to be able to go back and and see somebody once they've been in a while settled in a while see how it's going custom install industry gives you more opportunity for that as a client has been handed over their automated home they need to live with it and understand it before they can actually put the final tweaks and the mm -hmm. and the f flourishing finish on it, as it were. Um, and I really I really enjoy the design side of uh, the business anyway. So I'd like to get involved in the design side as well as the um, the in the installation and the integration afterwards. And yeah, obviously having a long term client is a, a, a client oh, yeah. for life. And like like you've yeah. already mentioned, Mike. Um, there's always the opportunity to upgrade, upsell, upsell um, and improve things yeah. in the future as technology yeah. moves on. And what would your advice be, Mike, to anyone thinking of getting into the industry? Um, the first thing I normally say is uh, consider the, the CDA bootcamp because it kind of covers a bit of all the basic knowledge that you need to know in the, without going into any sort of product. Mm. Um, and if you're comfortable with that, then you know you you'll you'll be okay because even though we're a service-based business and we do installations 90 percent well not 90 percent, but i'd say a majority of our time is actually spent troubleshooting the number one skill you need in this industry is troubleshooting solving problems um that is what you spend most of your time doing and if you're a good problem solver you'll do really well you need to have patience 
You've got to have um, the ability to keep learning and staying on top of things. Be very personable um, to your clients. Um, and an attention to detail to deliver, you know, high quality projects. So, Great advice. Yeah. Sums it up pretty well. Thank you, Louise and Mike, for a great discussion. And thanks to AWE for hosting us here today. Remember, we're available free on podcast platforms everywhere, including Spotify. If you're enjoying listening to what we have to say, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at IntHomePod, on Facebook and Instagram at IntegratedHomePod, and on LinkedIn at the Integrated Home Podcast. There you can get in touch with us about ideas for future shows and future guests. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of Meridian Audio, AWE and Sony. We are a Wildwood and Alfie Media production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. So far, thanks to the huge generosity of manufacturers, distributors and integrators freely giving of their time, products and expertise, we've created 21 dedicated cinemas. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.